0: Join us from experts from All Things Weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hello everybody, we have a special episode here for you today on the Weird Works podcast. We have Chris Fork of Chris uh, Beat Cancer and you might recognize this book and his logo and he's got some of his stuff behind him, his top um, sellers, but I'm going to give you a little bit of info and then we will get into it. But Chris is a husband, a father of two young girls. He's a cancer survivor and I like even better on his Instagram, it says cancer thriver he is a patient advocate, author, and speaker. But what you need to know is that at the age of just 26, he was diagnosed with stage 3C colon cancer. And after prayerful consideration, Chris decided to decline surgery and chemotherapy and instead radically changed his diet and did every natural non-toxic therapy out there that he could find at the time. And the good news is that to this day, and by the grace of God, Chris is still cancer free healthy and strong and in the best health of his life, and he now travels all over to teach others what he did, and he's created a platform for, for other people who also want to confront cancer in a natural and holistic way. So, hi, Chris. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, Dr. Christie. Good to be with you.
0: Thank you. So, what I thought would be helpful is just to kind of talk to the listeners' There might be people, I like what you put, you know, in the beginning of your book, you said you're probably listening for one of three reasons. Maybe you have cancer, you know, and you're trying to sort through your options. Um, Or maybe somebody who you know about has cancer and you want to be able to advocate for them and our gathering info. Or maybe you just want to improve your health and reduce reduce your risk. You don't need to wait until the inevitable diagnosis to start to shift your perspective and how you treat your body. So i don't want to take you back to that dreadful day in december 2003 but i think it's important for other people who might be in the same situation as you found yourself what goes through your mind is it a whirlwind like what happens what's the sequence
1: well yeah it's definitely a shock i think some some people might suspect they have cancer and you know they then they get the diagnosis and it's like oh yeah i i kind of felt like i this was coming you know But I had no idea. I had I was 26 years old, no family history at that time, and yeah, it was a total shock. And I mean, can't a cancer diagnosis is so traumatic that many patients suffer from PTSD. Yeah. Right. Literally PTSD type symptoms just from the diagnosis because I mean, look, it's basically you have a life-threatening illness, right? You have a disease that can kill you. And we all know there's no cure, right? And we've all seen the way cancer patients are treated by the medical industry, and it's pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. And most of us have seen our loved ones go through that brutal treatment and suffer and then still die. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you just sort of compound all of those factors together. And it's a very scary and overwhelming a diagnosis the only difference that i had you know versus a typical cancer patient i would say is that i uh, i'd never had anyone close to me go through cancer and die okay. so i didn't have firsthand experience right. i knew a few cancer survivors um but anyway so yeah the, the diagnosis is just it's 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 a shock, it's scary, you know, your whole world comes to a grinding halt, Mm -hmm. you know, much in the way that when you lose someone, you know, like a family member or a friend dies, you know, like when there's a death in the family or someone close to you, you know, it's like the world stops. Right. Right. I mean, the world keeps going, but your world stops and all of a sudden, every minute of your day is focused on this, you know, tragic development. So so yeah, it uh, everything I was doing stopped and, uh, I was told, I, I basically, you know, the backstory, which I tell in my book in great detail, Chris beat cancer, but the, the quick version of the story is I'd been having abdominal pain for the better part of the year. And then, you know, it was passed around between a few doctors, eventually had a colonoscopy and they found a golf ball sized tumor in my large intestine. That's the colon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, I it was biopsied and you know they told me when the lab report came back that I had colon cancer, so the next conversation was we've got to get you into surgery and get this thing out of you before it spreads and kills you. Right. And this is very, very typical in the cancer world is that patients are rushed into treatment out of fear. Right. Uh, before they really understand their disease or understand their treatment options. Right. It's just within days, you're either in surgery, you're starting chemotherapy or radiation, Mm -hmm. and um, there's not enough time for a patient to read and research and think and get second, third, fourth opinions from other doctors, talk to other cancer survivors, get, you know, start accumulating knowledge so that you can make the best decision for you. And uh, that's really a tragedy uh, because most cancer patients, when they are diagnosed, are not in an urgent situation, right? They have a lump or a bump.
0: And it took a long time to get there.
1: It took a long time to develop and it's big enough to detect. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's causing some problems or discomfort, but a lot of cancer diagnoses come from a lump or a bump that is painless, right? Right and um, or, or are discovered by accident on a routine x-ray or mm-hmm. blood work or something so right. the situation for many many cancer patients is not urgent mm-hmm. but they're treated as if it, it as if it is and like i said they're rushed into treatments that can be potentially harmful and lethal mm-hmm. uh, before they know what they're getting into so I was told I needed surgery right away. They wanted to have me in surgery within a couple of days. I was able to postpone it about a week and a half. And I went in on December 30th. They took out a third of my large intestine where the tumor was. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up from surgery, they said, um, it's worse than we thought. You're stage three C, which means you're going to need nine to 12 months of chemotherapy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, you know, it, it just, it was kind of just went from bad to worse. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the cancer diagnosis was bad enough and then all of a sudden it's like oh no no you're gonna need chemo originally i was told i wouldn't need chemo Uh, at that time and uh, stage two which would be a tumor that has not spread to your lymph nodes they would just remove the tumor and send you on your way
0: right i find that often like i don't mean to interrupt you but like it's just going to be this and then oh but if you do this and then they kind of also throw around like false statistics about like maybe you would have a 3% more you know 3% increase in survival if you also did the chemo and then oh i know we said no radiation but like you know you could increase your odds by another 2% so like do you find that is often the case
1: Absolutely you know i there's i talk about this in my book but the way that doctors communicate to cancer patients is um it's pretty deceptive Mm -hmm. and they use words like first of all they use statistics in a way that make them sound better than they actually are right make the treatment sound better than they actually are and second of all they use words like effective like so they'll say things like well this you know this drug combination has been proven to be very effective for your type of cancer
0: or safe and effective
1: well yeah they rarely say safe in the cancer industry uh, because they know the drugs aren't safe at least they don't claim that they yeah. know these drugs are highly toxic
2: okay
1: uh, but the effective word is used and and when a patient hears the word effective that means cure
2: yeah. right
1: they're thinking effective means cure right. but effective doesn't mean cure what effective means on a clinical from a clinical standpoint is it means this combination of drugs has been shown to shrink tumors mm-hmm. better than any other combination of drugs. Right. It has not been shown to cure people necessarily. It's just been shown to be a little bit better at shrinking tumors temporarily
2: mm-hmm.
1: than every other drug we've tried.
2: <laughs> okay? I going to say it
0: doesn't prevent the recurrence of it either.
1: Definitely doesn't. And the paradox of chemotherapy is that. Um, you know these drugs are highly toxic obviously and they will kill some cancer cells they will shrink tumors sometimes they make tumors completely disappear right lumps or bumps lesions or whatever can disappear during or you know sort of at the end of a series of chemotherapy treatments
2: right
1: Uh, but what's happening over the course of those treatments is collateral damage so these highly toxic drugs which Also, many of them are known to be carcinogenic, to be cancer-causing drugs, cancer-causing agents, um, are causing brain damage, liver damage, lung damage, intestinal damage, peripheral neuropathy. Uh, They are, and most importantly, wrecking your immune system, Mm -hmm. decimating your immune system. Which is the only
0: system that can defeat cancer.
1: Your immune system right your immune system is is the reason you don't have tumors. Mm -hmm. Right it's the reason you recover from a viral infection or bacterial or fungal infection like your immune system is your army that fights off invaders like that's what it does and cancer cells are also considered invaders they're mutated cells. And so, even though they don't come from the outside world they're your own cells your own DNA, but they have mutated and it's it's like mutiny Uh, so. When you wipe out your immune system, uh, what happens typically is that the chemotherapy treatments will shrink a tumor, but they don't kill the cancer stem cells. They don't kill all the cancer. And the cancer cells that don't die actually become stronger. They become resistant to chemotherapy and and it's like they they become angry, right? And more aggressive. And so when the chemo treatments are over, cancer cells begin to multiply again and spread throughout the body. But this time the patient's immune system is gone, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's like I said, it's decimated. Correct. And so that's why we see, you know, this rapid spread rapid metastasis in cancer patients after chemotherapy, and it's like two months later we were celebrating it you know we were at tgi fridays mm-hmm. you know whoo i'm cancer free or my tumor shrunk and uh and then in a short time later you got spots in your liver your brain your lungs your you know your bones whatever right because their immune system's gone and even if you have cancer right your immune system is not doing nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's still working and your your b cells your t cells your natural killer cells they're still working they're still trying to solve this cancer problem and so um, obviously the the cancer industry is, is shifting toward immunotherapy they're trying to develop drugs that boost your body's own ability mm-hmm. to identify and eliminate cancer cells like that's what they're trying to do which i think is a, a more noble pursuit than just carpet bombing right mm-hmm. basically nuking your whole body and hoping that you will somehow will recover right. and the cancer cells won't, <laughs> you know, the rest of your cells will recover and the cancer cells won't like that. That's the current approach. Um, so, but you know, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Everything we're talking about now, I didn't know when I was 26 years old with a brand new cancer diagnosis.
0: Yeah, so and, what gave you that conviction then to pursue a different course of action?
1: Well, as soon as the chemotherapy conversation started, you know, I had a just a a gut check, you know, like a check in my spirit, like, uh uh oh, like, you know, I don't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I had seen what chemotherapy does to humans, Mm -hmm. right? Even though I hadn't seen it in my close relatives, I'd still seen people in the world that were advanced cancer patients that had been poisoned by chemo. And I, it's, you know, I no offense to anybody that's going through this, but you know, it, it's it leaves an impression on you when you see a human in that state that's an advanced terminal cancer patient and they've been through countless rounds of chemo and they're just emaciated and their skin's yellow and they're wearing a mask. That was back when if somebody's wearing a mask, it was because they were a cancer patient.
0: Right. That's what right? it meant. That was the only time
1: you saw somebody with a mask on in public, right? Bald right. head, mask, like you knew.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had seen people like that. There was a guy that went to my church, you know, that was in that condition. And it was, I mean, it was just so deeply distressing to see him in that physical condition. And so those impressions, right. Uh, were, were there (laughs) in my mind. And so I thought, you know, I don't want to become that, Mm -hmm. right. I don't want that to be me like that in this idea of poisoning Your way back to health didn't make sense to me Mm -hmm. and so at that time again it was it was instincts and intuition and my own just observation Mm -hmm. that was creating an internal resistance to chemotherapy but i didn't have a better idea you know i was just kind of like i don't i don't want to do that and i think a lot of cancer patients have the same feeling right right? like i don't want to do that and but they don't know t-
0: what
1: to do <laughs> yeah and of course they're they're rushed into treatment they're told you have to do it, if you want to live, if you want to survive, you have to do chemotherapy, this is your only chance This is your only hope yeah. right, we have to do it right away it's urgency urgent urgent. We call
0: right? it a conveyor belt.
1: It is a conveyor belt for sure, and <laughs> the thing is, once you get on. It's almost more like a bullet train you know once you get on it's very hard to get off
0: high speed yeah and you also lose your autonomy that's what's sad to me is i find that like the doctors don't even suspect that the patient is gonna say stop let me think about it let me they just think you're gonna say yes yes okay okay okay
1: right and they and some some oncologists you know take it very personally when you question them when you ask questions and I created a guide that's called 20 questions for your oncologist. It's it's on chrisbeatcancer.com. You can find it. It's on every page of my website. It's really You can good. find this guide. There's a link to it. Mm-hmm. Go get it. It's free. Just mm-hmm. go download it and go through it because you will learn so much about the cancer industry in this guide. And you also learn the questions that you need to ask mm-hmm. if you're diagnosed with cancer. And these are questions that patients don't ask
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they should. Yeah, because asking the right questions will give you answers and knowledge and wisdom that will, you know, help you make the best decision for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so, I mean, you'd be surprised how many cancer patients don't even ask this question, which is, will this treatment cure me?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Right. Will it cure me? Yes or no? Right. Uh, So... Um, so I created that obviously, uh, just as a patient advocate and survivor to t- help people really get the whole story because doctors are so busy. They don't spend enough time with patients. They just want patients to say yes to the treatments mm-hmm. so they can move on to the next patient, you know, they've got, they're seeing 20 or 30 or 40 patients a day. And it really is kind of like just, you just become a number, right? Are they going to know your name? If you see them in the grocery store, probably not and you're you're entrusting your life to this person um so the other you know the other thing about that is like most people have heard like it's it's a good idea if you're going to paint your house that you should probably get three estimates yeah you know what i'm saying yes you should get three sec three opinions from three different doctors (laughs) at least i mean this is your life that's at stake maybe you should talk to more than one Agreed. Right. And see how they treat you and see how much time and attention and care they give you. That's pretty important. Right. So, and you'll know when you ask those questions, some of the questions in my 20 questions guide, you'll, you'll know right away, whether your doctor is compassionate and caring and patient, uh, because they'll take the time to answer your questions. And if they're, if they become agitated and short with you and abrupt, right, and condescending and arrogant, then you, that's a, that's a signal. Run. Like, this is not a person that you should probably be working with.
0: Agreed. For anything, not just cancer, you know, like, patients have the right to fire their doctors. I don't know why they think all the the doctor holds all the power. If it's your body. You have the absolute choice of what to do with it.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, doctors have been put on a pedestal, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, no thanks to all the television shows, like, you know, <laughs> Hill Street. No, what is it? Uh saying elsewhere yeah. was that the first big doctor general hospital
0: was, yeah the first one
1: <laughs> ER, i mean gray's anatomy you know people watch these shows and yeah. they just create they, they just have this sort of doctor worship kind of complex and it's just house you know like every doctor is some you know super genius that's gonna solve your mysterious illness with a combination of drugs it's like that's almost never happens by the way um so so yeah so there's a lot going into it that patients just don't know and that's what i spend most of my time doing is just education to help people make good decisions and understand how the cancer industry works and understand how you know the risks and benefits of chemotherapy and so like to be fair Mm -hmm. there are a few different cancers a a very small number of cancers that chemo actually works really well for Mm -hmm. testicular cancer Mm
2: -hmm.
1: lymphomas and childhood leukemia They've made tremendous progress in uh, the 10 year survival of those types of cancers. And most folks that have those types of cancers, I mean, over 90% of them live 10 years or more or even cured,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? With chemotherapy, that's great. But the problem is the solid tumor cancers, right? Those are all kind of like blood-based cancers. Um, The solid tumor cancers, breast, liver, brain, ovarian, cervical, Mm -hmm. colon, Like those types of cancers, they have made very, very little progress in reducing the death rate Mm
2: -hmm.
1: for those cancers. In fact, in the last over 60 years, the death rate for all cancers combined has only come down about 5%, Right. which is crazy, right?
0: Maybe it's time to do something different,
2: right?
1: Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. 60 plus years. And they've reduced the death rate from cancer by 5% and most of that is due to, like I said, testicular cancer, childhood leukemia and lymphomas. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you, if you take those out of the equation, it's, it's approaching 0% progress, you know, it's like between zero and 1% reduction in the, in the death rate from all those other cancers. And so they don't even look at that. They don't like that statistic. They don't like to talk about that. They like to talk about five-year survival. Uh, or disease-free survival. That means how much time you you are quote-unquote cancer-free before it comes back.
0: Are you tired of going from diet to diet to come up short and feel worse than you did when you started? Or are you just lost with all the mixed messaging out there today and not sure what's best for you and your lifestyle? Maybe you were told that you had to live with your symptoms and accept feeling less than your typical vibrant self. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth. As a practicing doctor of chiropractic, kinesiology, and clinical nutrition, I see people all the time that are just like you, frustrated and starting to lose hope. But I do want you to know that you do not have to give up on the you that you know you could be. There is a way to truly achieve optimal health and also to live your life. I want to share with you how, by doing some small, doable adjustments and taking on a new approach to enjoyable and non-restrictive eating, we can help you start feeling better and begin to see changes in your waistline and start releasing weight in as little as 14 days. Yeah,
1: like that's the the big...
0: You said that five-year mark, because another thing I don't think people realize is when they say survival rate, it's only five years. And so if you get a recurrence on five years and one month, you're still included in that survival. They don't go back and readjust the number, correct?
1: Right. Yeah. If you die five years and one month later, you're still a five-year survivor. Congrats. But you're dead. Right. And so, yeah, they, they, the cancer industry is very, you know, these are not dumb. These are not dummies. Okay. I mean, the drug industry, especially, and they've created these very narrow, specific goalposts, mm-hmm. right? That they can, uh, you know, endpoints, trial endpoints that they can achieve and call a success. Correct. Okay. Right. And so their definition of success is like, oh, you lived a month longer than you would have right right or you made it five years you know success to me is you don't die (laughs) right total restoration of health that's success like that's my only definition success and but uh but in in the cancer world they know they're not curing people so they just use all these little like again oh you lived a little longer or you had a better quality of life thanks to the drugs which is a lie
0: questionable the quality yeah i've
1: never met a cancer patient who said my quality of life's fantastic on chemo
0: definitely not it's
1: the worst it'll ever be Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you're literally your quality of life goes down the toilet literally
2: yeah
0: they take you as close to death as possible to kill a few cancer cells and hopefully not kill enough of your own human cells that you like don't survive the treatment
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so It's pretty brutal. It's pretty bad. And I know there's a lot of good people in in medicine that are working really hard. And 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 I feel for them because many of many medical professionals are trapped in a system that pays them really well. And it doesn't matter what the results are, right? It doesn't matter if their patients live or die and they're just stuck. I mean, they've invested 15, 20 years of their life to get to where they are as a as a doctor. And, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to change careers. After you've invested that much time and, and especially when you realize like, oh, the the drugs I'm giving people, no, I'm not curing anybody, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm just medicating, I'm treating and in cancer, like all my patients are just getting sicker and sicker because the drugs I'm giving them. Yeah. I would think
0: how depressing that would be, you know, like I would say like we're in holistic healing in our practice and like, it's almost like this little like mystery land, like fairy tale where like bodies heal and overcome all sorts of chronic diagnosis and everybody gets happy and healthy. And like, you almost get desensitized to how well the body will respond, you know, like we're on the other side of (laughs) desensitizing.
1: Right. And I just love that. I'm so, I'm so thankful that you do what you do because I had a, a naturopath that was, uh, you know, uh, one of the first people who t- to tell me you're doing the right thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and I found an integrative oncologist who was in his seventies and he had come out of retirement to, to continue to practice medicine, but on his own terms. So he, he was doing IV vitamin C and, and doing some other, uh, incorporating some other integrative therapies that, um, were, you know, non-toxic Yeah. and in, in, in his, in an attempt to, to help his patients survive and boost their immune systems. And, and hopefully heal. And so, like that holistic approach to medicine, which I think is critical really, is looking at the whole body, figuring out the root causes of disease, ident- eliminating those root causes, mm-hmm. supplying an abundance of nutrition uh, to the patient, and helping them really sort out their life, you know, just recreate their life in a way that is conducive to health and healing. Like that is what it's about. And so, when I discovered that world, a friend of my dad sent me a book. And it was about healing cancer. And the, the guy who wrote it healed his colon cancer with a raw food diet. Mm-hmm. He went all raw and he started juicing. And within a year, his colon tumor was gone. His body had healed. And I, and I just thought, well, how about that? Yeah, The body created it and the body healed it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, if if he healed, maybe I can heal. Mm-hmm. And so I, I made a very, you know, in, in some ways it was a difficult decision in other ways it was easy um it was difficult because no one around me agreed
0: <laughs> yeah you probably got a lot of pushback and skepticism and other yeah. people's fear tries to come on you yeah
1: <laughs> but i but it was easy because it made so much sense yeah. right so i was like i'm going to change my whole life i'm going to i'm going to overdose on nutrition if that's possible. And the closest I got to overdosing on nutrition was my skin turned orange from all the carrot juice. (laughs) And uh, fortunately, that's just a temporary condition. And it's not painful. I was fine. Uh, But um, yeah, I, I just wanted to flood my body with whole food nutrition from the earth, fruits and vegetables from the earth, organic, raw, just in its, you know, food in its purest form, like the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And, um, I was excited about doing it it was such an interesting experiment to me of like what would happen if i only ate raw food (laughs) you know what would happen to my body Uh, surely good things right that's what i'm thinking surely good things will happen so um so i converted to that diet overnight and uh had a lot of opposition from you know people around me who thought i lost my mind and and i also decided i didn't want to do chemotherapy at least right away. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, it was like, I, I'm not saying no to it forever, but I'm saying no right now. Right. Like, it's, this is not what I want to do. I want to build my body up. I'm sick. I know I'm sick. Like, I want to build my body up. I don't want to break it down further. And I felt very vulnerable physically to chemotherapy. Like I just thought this is going to, I was already so weak. I was really skinny. Like, and I was just like, this is, this chemo is just going to destroy me. Like it is gonna destroy me physically, and I don't want that to happen yeah. <laughs> right yeah. So like what are you
0: more afraid of the cancer or the chemo?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I really was more afraid of the of chemotherapy and the destruction it would cause for sure, and it wasn't like a fear fear, but it was just more of cautious concern like yeah, yeah. this I don't want this to happen to me and um and I believed. That i could get well and that's the most important thing in the whole process like the number one most important thing that we tell every patient is that you have to believe that healing is possible yeah okay you've got to believe that healing is possible and so almost everything i do is just to try to spark that hope yeah. that, that i got from another guy right another man who healed gave me that hope Right. Right. And now I'm the I'm the guy trying to spread it to others that healing is possible. And so once you get that little spark of hope that healing is possible, then you start to believe, well, maybe I can get well, you know, and then the next progression of thought is, okay, what do I need to do? Right. And that empowers the patient and empowers the person to start thinking positively and creatively and to become a problem solver in their own life.
2: Yeah.
1: And. And then to start making uh, massive changes in their life for the better, and the food part is the easiest part <laughs> right I mean, because you can change your diet overnight,
2: yeah,
1: right you can change it overnight anyone can do it immediately like anyone can do that uh, exercise almost anyone can start exercising
2: mm-hmm.
1: today right overnight you can you can start eating super healthy and exercising right away so like and that gives you this jump start psychologically, physically, emotionally, like that. You, once you start this ball rolling, you start what I call the healing momentum, yeah. right? Start building that healing momentum. Then you can go deeper and work on other aspects of your life. Detoxification. Of course, there's a lot of special uh, things you can do, right. That are targeted, uh, targeted therapies, integrative therapies, detoxification strategies, fasting. Um, IV therapies. I mean, there's a lot you can incorporate, uh, I and mean, I did as much as I could. But getting that foundational diet and exercise plan put together and doing it every single day, right? I yeah. did it because my life depended on it, and um, and then also working through the you know the mental and emotional and spiritual stuff, mm-hmm. right? And that you can't fix overnight. You know, that takes time and deliberate effort to start thinking differently, to choose positivity instead of negativity, to be hopeful instead of cynical, Mm -hmm. to be courageous when, when you're afraid, Mm -hmm. you know, and to give your fear to God and trust him with your life and your health. Like, these are things I had to to do every day when I was, when the fear would creep in because You know, in 2020, the world got a taste, we're really, I mean, it started to really experience what it's like to have cancer. Yeah. Because all this media fear mongering every single day every, day, every day, every day, every day, made people so afraid, right, of a germ. And and I remember posting in March, 2020, you know, like now you know what cancer feels like.
2: Yeah.
1: Right, because every single day, you're you're struggling with fear. Yeah and fear is not good it's not helpful it suppresses your immune system and yeah. makes you even more vulnerable to getting sick and cancer taught me that lesson and and so that was the lesson i was trying to share with the world when you know when the pandemic started is like don't be afraid like don't let fear rule your mind and your heart and don't be coerced into doing anything out of fear because we don't make good decisions when we're in a state of fear we're, we're impulsive we're rash we're irrational right like you don't make good decisions when you're in a state of fear or you're in a state of anger right or you're just in extreme emotion Well, it's like a
0: military tactic to put fear in people because people under fear are much more easily coerced like they know that
1: (laughs) absolutely it's right it's used in interrogation Mm -hmm. right and um and so that's sadly that's what was done to the world right? Just that repeating those messages every single day about something you need to be scared of and worried of and looking at people are dying. Let's put a ticker on the TV screen. Yep. Every time somebody dies, we got to count every death. We got to count every case, right. every positive case. Even if the person feels fine, we got to let you know, right? There's another case. Yeah. There's another case, but I'm fine. Well, but you're another case.
0: I tested positive. Like,
1: right. You're positive, which means you you are a vector you are carrying this disease you could wipe out the whole population it could be be irresponsible yeah it could it could be all your fault yeah everyone dies but you right and it's all your fault i mean this is the the kind of ill just insanely irrational and illogical propaganda Mm -hmm. that was pumped out every day for two years it's still coming they're still doing it you know they've they've kind of dialed down a little but they're still doing it i mean they just just what, this week announced they're extending the emergency. Yeah. They're still saying we're in an emergency. And what I've said. too
0: good. You know, like, why well, pull back now? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's well, the drug companies, out. they can't keep they can't keep giving people that drug if it's not an emergency. Yeah. So they, you know, the government and drug companies, they're in bed together. Correct. So if it's an emergency, we can keep giving you a drug that and we don't have to give you any um, informed consent on. Yeah. and you can you, we can just keep selling it to the government and giving it to you. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole big mess. But and not, sorry to rabbit trail there, but
0: it's okay. It happens. The point is,
1: it's it's about fear, right? And fear puts you in a state where you're vulnerable to manipulation and coercion. Mm-hmm. And this is what cancer patients. This is what's done to cancer patients. This is what was done in the world for the last two years. And so you have to break yourself out of that state. You got to break the spell. And realize when you're when you're when you're in a state of fear, you have to like become aware right. like oh i'm i'm totally freaked out i'm totally in a state of fear right now I need to get out of this state because there's a difference between fear. And being afraid
2: yeah
1: right fear is is a an emotion and a feeling that comes on you quickly right mm-hmm. and that's normal it's okay to, to be. You know, somebody jumps out of the bushes at you <laughs> and scares you, right? That's fear. Your
0: heart that's should okay. beat a little bit,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, you're in the bathroom and so, in a public place and someone tries to open the door. <laughs> that's pretty scary, you're, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? So uh, that's normal. But the difference is fear is something that happens quickly. Being afraid
2: mm-hmm.
0: is
1: a state of being. You like right? a
0: yeah.
1: Right? That's... that keeping yourself in fear right being afraid so day in day out you have this heightened sense of fear worry and anxiety and that's that's really the enemy that's what we have to get people out of that state right and back into a state of love and joy and peace Mm -hmm. right because peace is the absence of worry and anxiety and the absence of fear is a state of peace Mm -hmm. and um even if the world is not at peace you can be at peace and so and i certainly am um and so you know these are all things that cancer taught me i'm that i'm really thankful for right i'm thankful for all the lessons that that adversity and hardship taught me like i i didn't enjoy it no but i am i can look back and be thankful that, that I trusted God to lead me through it, and I trusted God to, to work all things for my good, like it says in Romans 8, 28. And he did. He worked the whole thing for my good. This whole terrible diagnosis sort of took over my life, and now I have the opportunity to, to encourage other people and help give them guidance and inspiration and practical action steps they can take to change their life. And, you know, I mean, so if you're in that situation now with cancer or with a difficult life situation i just want to challenge you to, to think differently about it to to think you know instead of just thinking this is terrible right woe is me this is horrible i wish my, i didn't have this life i wish i had somebody else's life right right instead of thinking that way start thinking you know what my life's going to be better because of this
2: mm-hmm.
1: right when i get to the other side of this my life's going to be better Yeah. Right. I know it's difficult. I don't expect anyone to be like, oh, this is fun. I love it. Right. But start thinking toward the future and start thinking about the fact that adversity makes you stronger and smarter. Right. And a better person, more loving, more kind, more compassionate, more grateful. Right. And so um, adversity can do that Mm -hmm. for you, or it can make you more bitter and And resentful and angry and sour. Yeah. Well, what's the difference? The, the difference is you. Yeah. How you decide, mm-hmm. right? I once heard a cancer patient say, "I'm not going to let cancer change me." And I thought, "You're rolling your eyes, right?" <laughs> on the out, on, on the surface, it's like, it that sounds good. Right? That's like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. let's put that on a T-shirt, right?" <laughs> you're like, "Yeah, you're tough." You're
0: I just gonna. immediately thought, like, oh, "Okay, good
1: luck." <laughs> right. Right. And so, and I think anybody who's not a cancer patient might hear that and be like, you're so tough. You're so brave. You're a warrior. You're a fighter. Yeah. You're not going to let cancer change you. Uh, but when I hear that, I'm like gulp, you know, like, oh boy, because I got news for you, it's going to change you. Mm -hmm. It is going to change you. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about chemo. I'm just talking about the whole experience. It's going to change you for the better or for the worse. And so you better just go ahead and accept this is going to change me and I'm going to, and it's going to change me for the better. Right. And then work, you know, like work toward that end Mm -hmm. of like how this needs to change me. I need to change. This is a divine tap on the shoulder, right? This is a wake up call in my life that I need to change. And my personal epiphany, right? This is what I'm talking about, is the way I'm living is killing me.
0: Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products, and yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle, for the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out, while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 90 10 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it right
1: right and people don't like to hear that message they don't like to to it's tough talk but they don't like to be told hey maybe this is your fault
0: yeah maybe you did this to yourself
1: yeah maybe you did and guess what I mean, I was willing to accept, and I—I I don't say that to be mean to people, right? To make yeah. them feel shame or guilt. Really? What I say is, look, that's—that is the posture that I chose to accept for myself. So I thought, you know what? Maybe this is my fault, right? I'm okay with that. And the good news is, if—if if this is my fault, if I contributed to my illness, then maybe I can contribute to my my wellness. Yeah. Right. And, and so that was empowering, Mm -hmm. right? When it's your fault, you actually are empowered, (laughs) you know, you're like, oh, I screwed up, right? (laughs) I've made mistakes. I need to, I need to pay attention to the, the, the choices I make every day and make better choices. And I need to take a hard look at my life and, and figure out which choices are harmful. -hmm. Right. What part of my daily routine and my habits and my thoughts and my actions are harmful? Right. And how can I replace those things with actions and food? Right. And relationships that are helpful. Right. That are healthful. So, you know, that's what I call the beat cancer mindset. You know, it's kind of like what we're talking about right now. First, believing you can get well. That's number one. And then after that is, deciding if you want to get well,
2: yeah.
1: right? If you want to live. Mm-hmm. And then from there, taking massive action to change yeah. your life, right? You're taking full responsibility for your situation. You're not blaming anybody else, mm-hmm. right? You're saying, you know what? I'm gonna act like this is my fault, 100%. And I'm gonna do everything in my power to change my life, to help myself get better, yeah. right? To, to overcome this difficulty. Uh, or this obstacle. Uh, And so, and then, you know, also along those lines, which this again, I talk about this in my first two books, the beat cancer mindset. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that encompasses a lot of things, but they're really simple things conceptually. Um, And the other thing is just choosing to enjoy your life in the process, right? Just making a decision like, this is an adventure, right? I didn't choose it, but here we are, right? I'm on a new life adventure. Uh, that I did not choose. And I'm going to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to embrace it. Everything is changing in my life. This is going to change me for the better. And I'm going to just going to choose to enjoy this process and not constantly look back at my past at BC before cancer, Mm -hmm. right? And wish and long and wallow in self-pity, right? Oh, I wish I could go back before cancer. Like you can't, yeah, yeah or
0: I should have. That is, you know, like, yeah, you, you should have, should have, should have all over yourself, kind of a thing, right?
1: Exactly, like, <laughs> you should all over yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. You, you can't dwell on the past, you can't beat yourself up, right? You got to forgive yourself for your mistakes. Yeah, you got to forgive every person who's ever hurt you. Mm-hmm. I did that, and you got to be quick to forgive when people hurt you in the future because they're going to they're going to let you down they're going to be rude or inconsiderate or abusive or you know think people are just people hurt each other it's just happens it's life and when people hurt you it's it's in a moment right it's just a moment but if you hold on to that bitterness and anger and resentment you're actually keeping yourself in a prison of pain
2: yeah and that's you're holding that on to body. the pain
1: what's that
0: And we know that that shows up in the physical body, those unresolved emotional, you know, components, they literally can come out as cancer, tumor, chronic pain, all sorts of different physical ailments.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Anger and bitterness and resentment, Mm -hmm. what what are all encapsulated in this term, unforgiveness, Mm -hmm. Uh, suppress your immune system. These emotions do that because they keep you in a state of stress and distress. And they increase inflammation.
2: Mm -hmm. this
1: is your physiological response to stress is immunosuppression and inflammation and it clouds your judgment when you're when you're stressed and that sets you up for chronic disease Mm -hmm. not overnight right but over months or years of living in just a state of chronic stress money stress relationship stress stress from making bad decisions foolish decisions bad habits right just that sort of compounding problems in your life where your life has just kind of gotten out of control and uh the cool thing is you can get it under control (laughs) and when you start to get your life under control your stress comes down yeah right when you start when you get organized when you start taking care of yourself when you start eating fruits and vegetables when you start exercising when you start forgiving people who've hurt you your Mm -hmm. stress just goes click 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 it just goes down 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 and then eventually you get to the point where you're like I can't, I mean, I've racked my brain. I've thought through every person in my life. I can't think of anybody else left to forgive. Yeah. <laughs> right? I've forgiven them all, right? There's no one left. And that's a really good feeling, right? And I've forgiven myself for my mistakes. And, and even beyond that, like you can take your mistakes and share them with others. And that actually, it takes, it turns a bad thing into something good.
0: Yeah. Use your you testimony admit- <laughs> to heal somebody else.
1: Yeah. When you admit your flaws and your failures mm-hmm. publicly to other people, I mean, you don't have to like, you know, go on YouTube, but <laughs> I'm just saying like, when you talk about your flaws and failures openly, it's, it, it's healing to you, Yeah, right? It's good advice for other people. So they don't make your mistakes, you know, and then also, you know, it relieves that guilt and shame that maybe you're struggling with about, you know, about your screw ups. Yeah. And uh, cause we've all got them. So, like these are the things that you know like i said you can change your diet and exercise overnight and you absolutely should
2: mm-hmm. and these other
1: things just take time right you, working on your attitude forgiving people who've hurt you right thinking positively like all those things that just that just takes time it's just yeah. it's a day these are daily habits you got to break your bad mental habits right and replace them with good thought habits mm-hmm. and being patient not being reactive when you get irritated you know it's like we all have the power to choose how we think and respond how we act and react and and uh it can be hard sometimes right it can be hard to like choose the choose to be patient and quiet and you know calm instead you have of to surround blowing up.
0: yourself right like how important is community and all that because like you know, the number one thing we told people during the pandemic is turn the dang news off and surround yourself with like-minded, positive people, because it'll take you down. So I think maybe you can even talk about the community that you've created, because if people don't have that in their life, they need to go find it.
1: Absolutely. We have, you know, I have a program called Square One and mm-hmm. people can find it on my website. There's a tab at the top that says coaching.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: a coaching program. And we have this incredible community of survivors and thrivers and just people who are just really, you know, into prevention, Mm -hmm. like you said at the beginning, right? And, um, and it's just a, an awesome online support group. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's huge. It's something I didn't have when I had cancer. I was alone.
2: Yeah.
1: It was me. I was married, but my wife had a hard time, you know, just understanding why I was doing what I was doing and, you know it was me, Jesus, and a juicer.
0: (laughs) I like
1: that. I mean, that's your (laughs) t-shirt. I know. That was it. I know that, that could have been the alternate title for my book, you know, um, the
0: next one.
1: (laughs) Right. And so like, yeah, it was, I wished I looked for a support group and it just, there just wasn't one, you know, in Memphis of people that were like-minded that were, that were holistically minded, you know? Um, and, um, it's, yeah, I love the advice you gave your audience, right? It's like, turn off the news. Mm-hmm. like Because every time you watch the news, you are feeding your anxiety. That's what you're doing. You're taking a dose mm-hmm. of fear, mm-hmm. right? You're, this is a dose. It's a dose that goes right in here, mm-hmm. right? All, What's happening in the Middle East? What's happening in Russia? What's happening in China? What did this politician say? What did that politician say? Who is rude to who? Who's fighting? Who's in conflict, right? What's yeah. the new germ you need to be scared of? Like it's constant fear, right? Constant, constant fear. Yeah. And what's oh, the economy? I didn't even mention that one. The stock market, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's constant fear, worry, and anxiety because the producers of the news know that that's what will keep your attention.
0: That's ratings. Right? It's the news, but they work off of ratings.
1: There oh, that's all they care about is ratings. Because yeah. news is just information. There's all there's a million pieces of news that could be shared, yeah. but they choose yeah. the ones that induce the most stress and fear because that keeps you tuning in. Oh no, what's gonna happen? I need to know what's the next thing, what's happening next? Oh no, you know, and so the reason they do that is because they make more ad revenue.
2: Yeah. Right?
1: The more eyeballs, the higher their ratings. The higher they can charge their advertisers that is the business model for the news it also so, makes
0: your behaviors predictive they can predict what you're going to do
1: yeah and so and by the way you know the more they can charge their the drug companies who are the one of the biggest advertisers on tv right so uh you know so yeah turn off the news right get away from negative people find positive people that are encouraging and supportive and like-minded, surround yourself with those people. Yeah. You know, because I've seen it. It's it's unfortunate. It's sad. Like it's really hard to get well when you're surrounded with negative negativity. Yeah. You and know, then the power of like,
0: testimony too, right? So when you're in that community, maybe nobody, you know, maybe a person facing a diagnosis or with a diagnosis right now doesn't know anybody who has handled it naturally or overcome it naturally. We'll start seeking out the testimonials of people and the stories of people who have, so it becomes a reality and you have some math on it. Like there's plenty of people who have done it.
1: Right. and And being around believers, right? People who believe mm-hmm. that you can get well, who believe in you. Right. That's so important. I mean, like there's that there's that example where Jesus is in his hometown and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, the sick people came to him and he Mm -hmm. it said he healed a few sick people. He said he could only heal a few. Mm -hmm. Right. And he marveled at their unbelief. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Like literally the unbelief Mm -hmm. of the people. Right. Was a, a barrier to Jesus's ability to heal I mean how wild is that
0: it's powerful
1: (laughs) it's yeah it's really is so I mean like that that's a big theme we talk about that in in my program you know and and even in my book It's like you know you really have to surround yourself with people who understand and believe in you and believe you can get well right that you just have that support and encouragement yeah like so and I, I get it it's easier said than done because sometimes you know People are in relationships that are very, very unhealthy and dysfunctional and, and that's, you know, years of that uh, can contribute to illness. Yeah. Years of dysfunction and, and unhappiness and depression and despair and, and even abuse, right? Can really wreck a person's health. And well, so
0: i in that victim status too, right? Like people might not have the strong faith and conviction that you and I have. And so that forces them to kind of take it as it comes at them. Like they don't believe that they can be at cause and influence and change their circumstances. They think that that's, that's a, that's a victim mentality too.
1: Big time. And, um, one of the things that I repeat all the time is that you're not a victim of disease. hmm you're just not you're not a victim of disease. And the sad thing is, is when cancer patients go to the oncology clinic and they say, why did I get cancer? They're almost always told, well, it's it's maybe bad luck or bad genes. Yeah. Right. And what does that mean? Really? That means that you're a victim.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? It wasn't your choices, yeah. wasn't your diet or your lifestyle or your emotional life or your stress or your abusive relationship or your alcohol or drugs problem or smoking like no it wasn't any of that stuff right it was just bad luck or bad genes and it's the to me that's just it's just malpractice it's medical malpractice Mm -hmm. to tell a patient there's nothing they did to contribute to their life situation and there's nothing they can do to help themselves except for show up for treatment like that is malpractice and it's egregious it it really it, it makes me mad that doctors are still doing this every single day they're telling patients this. And so my message is the opposite. It's like, no, your choices matter and everything in life happens for a reason. And guess what? Most of the time, the reason is you. Yeah. Most of the time it's you, right? Your choices got you to where you are. And so let's chin up, right? And yeah. take a hard, honest look at our life and our choices and let's change. Yeah. I did it, I don't have superpowers. I, you know, I was honest with myself. I took massive action and changed my whole life. You can do it too. Yeah, and so that. That, is, you know, that is my message as a survivor, 18 years now, and as a patient advocate. Um, and again, it's one of empowerment. Sure, you can do chemo and radiation and surgery. You can do all the treatments your doctor wants you to do. But if you really wanna get well, you have to do more. You have to change your life because healing happens at home. Mm-hmm. and the choices that you make which again i want to help you make these in my my book Chris beat cancer and my devotional beat cancer daily and my cookbook which is brand new called beat cancer kitchen uh these choices help your body heal mm-hmm. they help nourish your cells strengthen your immune system improve detoxification like and you stop polluting your body with all this crap toxic mm-hmm. crap and in doing that along with exercise and and the things we talked about your mindset your attitude forgiveness doing all these things create such a wonderful healing momentum. Yeah. And you can do all these things while you're doing cancer treatment, if you choose to do you know everything your doctor tells you to do right. great that's fine, you, you can. Need still it even do more. <laughs> you can do more and that's and the thing is, you will put yourself in the highest. um you will increase your odds of survival,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? You, you put yourself in the highest survival bracket. If you do more than just going to treatment, right? Mm -hmm. If you do these things before cancer, then you can put yourself in basically the lowest risk Mm -hmm. of getting cancer bracket. Doesn't mean you're cancer proof, but your risk is dramatically slashed by Mm -hmm. eating a plant-based diet, by exercising, by living a life that's peaceful and joyful, Mm -hmm. right? And low stress. And so Why not do these things? I don't know. People don't want it. Some people just don't want to change. It's fine. Work. (laughs) You know, it is work. It takes effort. It's worth it. It's definitely worth it. I mean, Ben Franklin, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Uh He was smart. Yeah, he that was very wise. (laughs) And so uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm really here to serve people that want. To change, right? People that want to change and they want to help themselves. And, um, you know, that's who I'm here for. I can't twist somebody's arm. I can't coerce somebody into doing something they don't want to do. I have no interest in doing that. Right. I'm not trying to argue somebody into being healthy or, you know, arm wrestle them or something like, no, that's not what I'm here to do.
0: (laughs) Agreed. We think health is for everybody to you and I, it seems like that would be the obvious choice, but some people just don't. Choose it. And that's okay. You know, like nothing we cover on this podcast is for everybody. It's just to open up your mindset a little bit that there are other alternatives out there. And um, to think and advocate for yourself and empower yourself with other tools that could be a potential possibility that not only help you beat cancer and other chronic diseases, but just give you a more joyful life and more energy and vibrancy. So you can enjoy things and not have the distractions of your physical body constantly pulling you down. You know, like what a life to have your body, your own physical body, stop you from what God intended you to do or to live your purpose or have passion or fully contribute and be present to your family and your community. You know, like, yes, you beat cancer. All of amazing, those reasons. But now you're an amazing human being helping other people. Like, it's just, it's even better than beating cancer. You know?
2: It's-
1: it's it feels pretty good and yeah. i love what you said you know it's like if you're being if, if you're if you're sick and tired of mm-hmm. being sick and tired yeah and the drugs aren't helping you
2: mm-hmm.
1: why not try changing your life yeah right why not try changing your diet why not try exercising and forgiveness and like right, all the things that i know you you help your clients with and the things that i'm trying to to encourage people to do like yeah. why not try that if you're not getting results with the other stuff which i'm yeah. Pretty sure you aren't because I've talked to enough people in 18 years I know that pharmaceuticals rarely cure any disease, <laughs> you know, uh, they just end up making you. Uh, dependent on them and uh, and usually end up being dependent on multiple pharmaceuticals. Um, yeah there's a different way to live, you can get your health back that's the message.
0: The body heals and your shirt says it our practice is actually heal. called health by design and your shirt says design to heal so there you have it yeah
1: yeah this i love this shirt it was there's another podcast out there called Design to heal and uh-huh. they gave me a shirt i
0: love it <laughs> so they're I getting a free it. plug
1: i guess here
0: i know i'm gonna have this i'll send you a shirt it says health by design it'll be that just reverse it
1: nice bit. send it
0: well thank you this has been amazing um it was even better than i thought just kudos to you for living a life of truth and helping other people. God, honestly, obviously is using your testimony to reach other people with a message that is much needed. So a big thank you to you.
1: Thank you, Dr. Christie. Such a pleasure to be on your show. I just, I'm so thankful to be able to share my story and my message with your audience. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. If anybody wants to connect, you can find me at chrisbeatcancer.com and my books are, you know, they're on Amazon, they're in all major bookstores. So they're yeah. pretty easy to find too. And I'm Chris Pete cancer on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram.
0: Yeah. And we'll put all the links to all the resources that Chris mentioned in the show notes. You can easily click on them as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for another episode of the weird works podcast. I'm Dr. Christie signing off until next time. Your health and how you feel on a daily basis directly impact your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We will help you reprogram your way of thinking and be on a plan that works for your body instead of against it. It is time to rewrite the false belief that health abnormalities are normal and that it just is what it is. You do not have to live with feeling less than 100%.
1: We invite you to take a serious look at how you feel on a day-to-day basis. Is what you're doing working? Do you wanna learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 9010 lifestyle can be the bridge from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside.